Hello and welcome to June's edition of All Things Business, the podcast, featuring businesses and business people from across the Northamptonshire, Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes region. It's good to be back. The effects of the pandemic are continuing to be felt across the globe, but here in Britain there's been plenty of optimistic noises coming from a variety of sources about a possible bounce back for the UK economy, particularly with a theoretical end to restrictions now in sight. Whilst the entertainment sector is only just starting to see movement, others are getting back to speed, including the hospitality and retail sectors. I'm John Griff, and in this month's edition of the podcast, we again hear from Richard Adams from Sharpstone about getting the right people doing the right things to achieve the right result. The companies I believe that will be in great fettle when we come out of this, and we're starting to see that unlock now, are the people that have taken communication, language, and the behavioural side seriously throughout, not done it in a non-substantive way. So they've, they've almost it's become part of their value structure and part of the way they communicate with their people. Chris Wright from ACS Recruitment talks about the availability of jobs in the region and sets out a challenge for potential employers looking for new staff. And it's not just about money. People go to to work a lot of the time for money, but at the same time, the environment, how they're treated, is their viewpoint considered, the facilities they're provided, it will all play a big part. And after a professional career on the football field, one of all things management's own superstars, Tommy Yashin, explains how team working in the beautiful game is helping with team working in business. Playing in sport, and any sport you play, is, most of the sports are team games, and you know, you've know you got to be a team player. The best teams are the, the ones that have got like a real team spirit, team bonding, and I think that's really important. One, for building a relationship with your customer, and then obviously coming back here with the rest of my team to say, right, can you provide some design work for me? Can you put a social post out for me? You know, So the teamwork from being on a field of play and being in work is very significant. Real stories from real people. This is June's edition of All Things Business, the podcast. We start with the second instalment of a conversation that I had with business consultant Richard Adams. Sharpstone is Richard's new venture in business consultancy after a career taking retail businesses and tuning them up for commercial success. In the last edition of the podcast, Richard told me about the importance of a solid relationship with clients as much as colleagues as the route to success. Now, in part two, we look at the art of communication and the training needs of sales forces as they emerge from pandemic lockdown. If I look at any major corporate that I've worked in, they have all done 360 feedback surveys. Whether that's been run by the HR department, whether that's been run by an external source, etc., etc., I have not seen one result from any of those companies yet where one of the key elements that their employees talk about is improvement in communication. Then I talk about me sitting on those boards and I look at it and think, well, we've done this communication, we've done this communication, we've done this communication. How much more communication do these people want? And you kind of almost take it in quite a in quite a, a personal way that we are trying to communicate all the time. I think the reason I talk about communication, language and behaviour is what people hear and not necessarily what people say. So as a board, as a communication, whether you're a sales director, an MD or anything else, you can think that what you're putting out as communication is brilliant. But actually, what about what that person is hearing? And I've seen it massively in the last six months in talking to organisations, sales directors and 
and, and people. And, and I, I ask a simple question. You know, they, they often talk about the great communication that, 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 that they've put out there. But I ask them a simple question of what do you think has been heard through the communication? Because when I speak to individuals at the lower level, their perception of the communication that's come out is slightly different to what's actually come out. And I think the other thing that's also happened in lockdown one, I think huge amounts of business uh, businesses out there, including my own, puts huge amounts of work into keeping tight with employees that were working from home. In that first lockdown, it was a touch base call every day. It was every week we would meet for a for a quiz on a Friday night. We would do all the nice things that kept people engaged. This has been going for a year. And my experience of speaking to those same kind of people in the last three to four months is that engagement has now moved away from, it was a bit of fun to start with. It's now, it's 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 difficult now because of that. Now, the companies I believe that will be in great fettle when we come out of this, and we're starting to see that unlock now, are the people that have taken communication, language, and the behavioral side seriously throughout not done it in a non-substantive way so they've they've almost it's become part of their value structure and part of the way they communicate with their people a simple question that I ask anybody in an organization when I'm working with them now is what do you do and how do you know if you've had a good day if I get a customer or if I get a, a client speak to me and they say this is what I do and they they come alive and they're excited then i got a pretty good idea that the sales leader or the leader behind that is instilling that they feel proud of where they work for and everything else. If it's just a simple, this is what I do. And then I ask the question, how do you know if you've had a good day? They'll often pause and they often won't know. So how do you know if it's a bad day? Well, I, I don't know that either. In the organizations I run, in the organizations I work with, I want people to be proud of where they work for. I want people to be thinking, you know what, it's been a really difficult year, but the company I've worked for have taken it really seriously. They've been engaged right the way through. They've really wanted to help us all. They've supported us, even though we've been on furlough, they've supported us. Their communication has been clear. For me, communication is about language and behavior. It's not necessarily about putting out a note and a memo each week this is an update of where we are so that's an investment in communication it's an investment in language from a training point of view how important is that going to be to kickstart the recovery if you like i would say that at a time when many companies are starting to downgrade their training budgets it is completely the wrong thing to do We've got a lot of companies out there at the moment that are thinking, right, we're going to bring our sales teams back from furlough and they're going to go out there and they're going to save us or they're going to, we're going to see this instant gratification of sales coming in because of the pent-up demand. How are those salespeople feeling about coming back? They've not been able to go through the same processes for a year now. And building confidence, refresher training, we have got to invest in those people now to get them feeling right to get them feeling confident and go right the way back to basics how are they speaking to people how what are the concerns they have listen to them you know you've done a lot of these um, salespeople have probably been working on the phone or in zoom for for that amount of time they're also going to have the pressure bear in mind that a lot of these companies are releasing their salespeople and their expectations are 
that they will start achieving sales very, very quickly. And you've got to, you've almost got to take it. And I've said this on a number of, uh, of, of calls that I've been on in the past. Think about somebody coming back from long-term sick. Think about how you would introduce them back into the business. Think about how you would make sure they're okay, because effectively that's what's happened. All right, so some takeaways from what we've been talking about today. Think about language. Think about investment in your sales force. Think about investment in all of the people in your business because it's the culture of that business that is going to drive the actual business forward. Think about the upskilling needs because the route to market in the last 12 months has changed and is likely to stay with us. Bizarrely, Richard, you coming from a corporate background, you're actually a small startup business and you're just about to get on the road because ever since you started up, you've been here, you've been at home. Are you anxious? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you confident? What are your emotions going into quarter two of this year? Excitement. I have anxiety right in the back of my mind. Uh, I think the one thing when you're dealing with something that is biological is you never know when things might change. And there's that fear we've got the vaccine now. In my mind, there's the anxiety that says we just can't get to another lockdown. But if I park that aside... I believe that what we do will help businesses following on from um, the difficult times we've had. I saw a a really interesting article a few nights ago that the EMF are now advising the government that the growth of the UK is likely to be the highest of the G7 countries in 2022 because of the vaccine rollout and everything else. I think this is a massive opportunity. Any recession that we've had in the past has been based on a financial crisis and it's taken us a long time to build back from it. This has been a healthcare crisis and I think because of what's happened with furlough, because of what's happened with so much going on in business, people have, in many cases, if the businesses have looked after them in their roles and everything else, have managed to keep a salary coming in but have not necessarily had anything to spend any money on. I think we are a nation of spenders and I think the moment we are released, whether that be May or whether that be June, I think we'll see that pent up demand. And for me, the exciting part is whether you're a service business or a product business, if you get it right, you can steal a march over your competitors and grow hugely. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, John. That's great. That's Richard Adams from Sharpstone Consulting. Following on from that conversation about communication and training, ask about the world of recruitment or job seeking and you'll get a variety of conflicting views depending on who you talk to and which side of the employer-employee fence that they sit on. Chris Wright is the branch manager of ACS Recruitment in Northampton. His opinion is very clear. There are lots of jobs going and it's for employers to look beyond their pay rates when finding the right people who will stay the distance and become valuable contributors to their businesses. We met at ACS's branch on the Wellingborough Road in Northampton. But before we got into the body of our conversation, I asked him a question which many must want to know the answer to. What does ACS stand for? (laughs) That is an absolute mystery to most people, if I'm honest with you. Um, So a little bit of history. When we started, we formed the recruitment part of the ACS systems based up at, or ACS Office Solutions based up in Bratmills. So we took that name 
um, as we form part of that. But it's a it's a long-standing secret what ACS stands for, so I can't reveal that. I'm afraid. Okay, In so fact, you, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't actually know what it stands for. It puts us at the top of the alphabet. Let's just say that it's a good place to be. It's yeah. a good starting point. All right, ACS recruitment. Here we are in 2021. Assuming that we get through the final stage of the route out of lockdown, where do you see the employment market going? Because the country has been in recession. We've had a year of massive, massive interruption to business. And yet people are saying, oh, the economy is going to rebound. It's going to be fine. It's going to be milk and honey for everybody. Do you see it that way? I do think it's going to rebound. And I think it's proven that the economy is tougher than we probably thought it was back 12 months ago or 14 months ago now um the the situation with covid has been tough for most people um for a variety of reasons we've been fortunate enough to position ourselves in the logistics market that over lockdown everyone was relying upon with online orders so business has been fortunate for us to have taken a bit of an uplift that coupled with brexit though has meant there is a huge skill shortage we're not getting as many Eastern Europeans travelling in that we've been um, welcoming over the last 10 years. And that's proven really tough for a lot of us and customers, more importantly, um, that the skill isn't coming through. That, coupled with the travel restrictions of COVID, has meant that we're heavily reliant on the on the labour market that is here already. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, we have to be a little bit more creative Um So I think what's going to change moving forward is it's going to be more of a how people are treated, how people are onboarded and the engagement and all of the all of the nice stuff that happens when with securing a job. So you reckon that future employees are actually going to be judging employers or potential employers based on how they look after them as people. You're saying that's a really important premium part of the relationship. Huge huge in addition to the pay rate obviously people go to to work a lot of the time for money um but at the same time the environment how they're treated how they're you know are they formed part of the team are they respected is it is their viewpoint considered Mm. um the facilities they're provided it, it will all play a big part all right, note to future employers in that case, get your case sorted out because you're going to have to pitch yourself to employees rather than the other way around. That's a bit of a that's a bit of a change, isn't it? That's a bit of a change in direction. It is, and you know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of negative press, I think, over the last 12 months about the levels of unemployment, and I know the stats don't lie. However, there is also massive amount of opportunity out there. Mm. You know, we've still got a heavy proportion of the working population that are on furlough. Um, so that labour market's gone. But yeah, locally, the skills gap is going to be a big player. Um, and I think that you've got to differentiate yourself if you're a business. And that will be about your facility, how you're on board, your, how, you, how you train and develop. From your point of view, ACS recruitment, here we are right in the centre of the county town in Northamptonshire. Is that your market? Is Northamptonshire your market or do you look further afield as well? So traditionally, yes, it was our market. Um, we've, we've spread, we've got an office in Kettering, um, so we cover the county quite strongly. Um, we've got our on-sites um, where we have teams of people working in warehouses, managing a team of people. Um, they... They uh, that spreads as far up to Peterborough, 
and then across to Milton Keynes. So slowly but surely we're spreading out and that is kind of the future plan for for the business. If you imagine Northamptonshire as the hub, we'll kind of expand out naturally. That, that's become quite an important word, hub. And if you think about Northamptonshire strategically, mm. slap bang in the centre of England, we used to be known as the county of boot and shoe. Now, you could say that we are the county of logistics, obviously for strategic reasons, but also the amount of development that's going on at the moment. You've, you, we've, we've got Durft up the road. We've got Euro Hub out towards Corby. There's a lot of development that's going on right now. If you come off Junction 15 of the M1, there's an enormous park that's being built. There's reprofiling of the M1 going on. There are some enormous great uh, uh, warehouses that have been put together. We've got all kinds of separate hubs. Do you think that's the future of Northamptonshire's economy? And is it going to be reflected in places further down the road like Milton Keynes, like out into Cambridgeshire and Peterborough? Are we going to see that expansion in that particular sector? Yeah, so traditionally, again, the, the Northampton, Northampton has formed part of what they call the logistics triangle. So up to Durft and Leicester and um, across Milton Keynes and that central section of the country. Um, Peterborough is equally replicating and they have put massive amount of investment into to be that next section of the logistics hub so one of our key clients has moved from Rushton over to Peterborough um, in a purpose-built warehouse that we're gave us the opportunity to spread into that area and is this a sector of acquisition you've obviously got your clients but you want to grow your business as the economy grows here in Northamptonshire if you're going to have that kind of business which you either specialize in or candidly take over the market in how far can you expand the business before you have to recruit more people for ACS and recruitment then grows in its own right pre-lockdown we had 26 employees as we sit here today like you say, on the Wellingborough Road in, in Northampton, we stand at 43 That's some expansion. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a guide as to how our year's gone yep. in terms of the need of our clients and the, the way we've expanded. Um, Peterborough has become the next big market for us. That will be a natural expansion plan. We are looking further afield as well. And... I know Heli, uh, my business partner, has got aspirations to go into Cambridge and in those surrounding areas. So, yeah, the future the future's looking promising as it stands at the moment. Chris, we talked about logistics, but it's important to bear in mind that ACS recruitment isn't just about logistics. Where have the biggest changes been in the economy, well, in a, in a particular year of upheaval? But when it comes to recruiting to perhaps other sectors, where have the big changes come from? Um, so that's a good question. Um, so yes, we do cover the commercial sector as well, which plays a big part of our business. And I think what the last 12 months has taught all of us really is that we have the ability to work remotely. And more importantly for customers, um, for clients that we're, we're selling the recruitment service to, you've just now opened up your recruitment market not just to a local level but a national level mm. so as an example if if a business in Northampton wanted uh, an accountant and an accountant the accounting market perhaps was a little bit tough to recruit for locally then why not push that out on a national level and get and capture national skill because of the way that we've now changed everything online we can do that for you and for for anybody really Chris, you've already offered one insight, which is that employers need to start reaching out to employees rather than employees going to potential employers and saying, have you got any jobs going? Are there any other areas where you feel employers 
could and should be learning if they want to make a fast return to profitability, given that the effects of the pandemic are going to be felt economically for some time, even if the economy is starting to bounce? Retention has got to be the key. Absolutely retention. So do you see the relationship between yourselves as the advertisers of roles as the the bridge between an employer and a potential employee and vice versa do you see that relationship becoming more intimate as time goes on you mentioned you've got people working out with clients mm-hmm. uh, and working on on site with them that is quite that that is quite a, a close working relationship do you see that becoming closer still as time goes on yeah definitely i think that that's a big part of how we differentiate ourselves from our competitors if i'm honest I want to say we insist on it. And I think if you look above your head there, we're sat in our reception, as you mentioned, I've got the vision that we put on the wall. We want to be able to offer truly exceptional service in our partnerships. So partnership is a big piece of what we do now. And that means that we want to be an extension of your team. We want to help you capture that engagement and all the stuff I've touched on and make sure that we're improving the process that you need to help retain the staff that we're providing you. You also say, and it's above your head, that you want to challenge and transform the recruitment industry. So are you trying to challenge from within the industry or are you trying to challenge from outside the wider industry to say, this is the ACS model, you should be following what we do? A bit of both. You know, I I like to think of ourselves as a little bit disruptive um, when it comes to our, our methods sometimes. I think... You know, we are really keen on building partnerships and that means that that whole previous life of you're the supplier, we're the client, you do what we say, I think is falling down now. It's got to be about how we can work together to get the best out of every opportunity. How we approach that is how we differentiate ourselves from from other businesses in, in in our sector. You've been celebrating, indeed you still are celebrating, 10 years of being in the market. That takes some doing. Something has clearly stuck between the relationship between you and your clients. And it's a relationship with those clients that is expanding. What do you put your success down to? I get asked that question a lot, if I'm honest. And um, what's different about it and what's the key to a success? There's three things I would put it down to. And it's kind of what we've categorized as our three uniques. And that's our, our people our passion for what we do and for doing a good job. And then again, that partnership word, um, creating key partnerships with clients to make sure that we're all aiming towards the same thing. People by people first. And that works at every level of your business. 10 years down the track, ACS Recruitment, looking forward to the next decade. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Thanks for your time. That's Chris Wright of ACS Recruitment in Northampton. Does your business need to be seen, be heard, or be found? Now, more than ever, companies need to make it clear that they are open for business. All Things Management is a team of creatives who connect their clients to their audience. To find out more, visit allthingsmanagement.co.uk. Be seen, be heard, be found. When we began this series of All Things Business, the podcast, we said we were going to introduce you to some of the superstars, or put slightly differently, the team making up All Things Management. And for my final guest this month, I didn't have to go too far to find him, because print manager Tommy Yashin is based at the company's offices deep in the heart of the Northamptonshire countryside. At one time a professional footballer, Tommy found a new career path when repeated injury sidelined him from the first-class game. 
but that team player mentality is certainly something which came out of our conversation. First, though, Tommy told me about his role in the company. Basically, I'm in charge of the, the print side of the business. So any uh, customers that come to us with any print sort of projects that they may have, then obviously that gets handled uh, straight over to me and then I will go and uh, speak to the suppliers and you know get print quotes and hopefully win the jobs over to supply all our current customers that we have. You've got to have a specialist knowledge in that case of the, of the presumably the market, but also what a customer's needs are, because they might come to you saying, I want to look like this or I want it to look like that. But you're the guy who's got to translate all of that into something that another specialist can put into practice. Yeah, we have a graphic design team behind us that we can uh, they produce the, the graphics for us. And then it's my job to turn it into print, um, whether it be t-shirt print business cards you know anything that you can print on you know that's my job to get the most competitive price and be you know as competitive as we can be in the market to to win the print jobs what does that mean for the business when it comes to things like recycling because that's a real buzzword at the moment for all kinds of organizations sustainability is a big issue for all kinds of organizations i know print houses for instance that are using um if not recycled inks then they're using sustainable inks that are sourced from a certain area is is there a is there a dialogue that goes on with that sort of thing yeah um some people you know like to use the recyclable um inks and um materials the problem we had a lot of our materials were recyclable but the inks wasn't so if people are printing on them then they won't, wouldn't be able to recycle but we've now found a printer that um, can actually provide um, recyclable inks which you know we then pass on to customers which makes them satisfied so then they can obviously recycle as well so from that point of view you know it's just being aware of the current market and current what's uh, what's out there really there must be a great parallel to all of this though because here we are talking about your career now in print and how you pull together various suppliers for a client. It wasn't that many years ago when you were pulling together with teammates on the field. You're an ex-professional footballer. What was the background to going into, into football and the route that ultimately saw you into a world of print? Well, where do I start? When I was 16, I was um, uh, a YTS at Aston Villa where I was there for four or five years um, managed to make one uh, first team appearance at Stamford Bridge, so you know my claim to fame, so to speak. In Dear the, diary, good day. Yeah, in the in the Carling Cup that was. Uh, then unfortunately things didn't work out there, so I uh, went to Blackpool, where I played there for five years. Great times there, you know. We played at Millennium Stadium four or five times, and then sort of came on the slippery slope of age, getting on my not on my side, so to speak. So dropped down the the divisions which I found extremely difficult because I tried to have a job and work. So usually I was just going to work at 10 o'clock, finishing at 12 o'clock and socialising, playing golf, going horse racing, doing the glorified You're things. painting the picture. We get the general <laughs> gist of it. Yeah. And then obviously come down to earth with a bang, really, with trying to juggle work and trying to play football, which I found extremely difficult and just really, really, although I did it for more financial reasons, I found it really difficult. On the basis that, you know, before when I was going at 10 and finishing at 12, I was now getting up at 8 o'clock, either dropping my children to school, going to work to 9 to 5, coming home, training on a Tuesday night, maybe playing away at Merthyr Tidfield, getting back at 2 in the morning, knowing that I've got to go back to work again on the Wednesday. So the transition from football to work and basically being in the real world of earning a significant amount of money to 
really earning your money, so to speak, was yeah. was really a, a challenge for me. What can you take from the world of team sports into the world of business to give perhaps this company, your company, a competitive edge? I think, you know, playing in sport and any sport you play is most of the sports are team games and you know you've got to be a team player the best teams are the, the ones that have got like a real team spirit team bonding and you know in for, uh, fortunate for me I had some really good teams that I played for and we had really good um, team morale and I think that's in, really important one for building a relationship with your customer and then obviously coming back here with the rest of my team to say right can you uh, can you provide some design work for me can you put a social post out for me you know so the teamwork from being on a field of play and being in work is very you know significant so is it fair to say that it's work hard play hard around here and i will say that in an office that is full of people who have gone very very quiet in the last three or four minutes is it like that well looking around yeah you know we all work hard you know and that's what we all come to work to do they've all got their heads down right now but it wasn't like that five (laughs) minutes ago believe me no, yeah, we like I said, we've got a great team here through all things management and all things business. You know, we all work together, we all pull together, and you know, Ben is very, you know, anyone that comes and joins the business, you've got to be part of. He calls his um, superstars and his family, and you know, and I think, you know, we are a great team together, and we all work hard. We all like to socialise together if we can. Obviously, things coming up at the moment, we'd. We all want to try and get out and have a bit more social time. But, yeah, as a team, we are. Ben's, Ben's not here right now. Is, is he Jurgen Klopp? Is he uh, Jose Mourinho? Is he Arsene Wenger? Who is he? I don't know how to answer that. But for Ben's sake, I better answer Jurgen Klopp because <laughs> we all know he's a mad Liverpool fan. But, you know, Ben is a great leader. He's very encouraging. Not only if you've got any personal problems or anything you want to speak to him about, he's always the first one there you can ring. And he is really a good gaffer, so to speak, as I go back to my football days. But... Anything you ever need is always there. Sport is one of those things that pulls people together. For some people, it's like a religion. Um, I'm not saying for one second that it's the same parallel here in the world of work or in anybody's kind of work. But you've got Northamptonshire County Cricket Club. You've got the Steelbacks. You've got the Saints. You've got the Cobblers. It's been a tough time for the Cobblers recently. Up into the uh, into the first division, now down into the second with relegation. Will they pull themselves back up? Do you keep an eye on the local squads? Yeah, definitely. Um, the manager now, John Brady... Um, I played with John. Firstly, I played against him when he was at Russian Diamonds and I was at Kettering. Then he came to join us at Kettering. And then I actually travelled to Cambridge with John um, every day when we both played for Cambridge. So I know John really well and he's a great guy. He needed that confirmation as being the boss of the Cobblers coming into the new season, though. That will give him something to build on. Yeah, definitely. And with, I would say, Mark uh, Richards there as well. Great lads, you know, and... They are hardworking and, you know, going back to John, he's so, so passionate and to the point of whenever he trained, he trained like he played and, you know, he wants the best for everyone. And I think moving forward with a little bit of budget and a little bit of, you know, luck along the way, I think he'll succeed and I hope he does because it won't be the want of trying if he doesn't. And what about for you? No longer the professional footballer, now the guy with the day job, but still with an interest in football. Do you still you know, turn out every once in a while? Do you still have a bit of a kick around every once in a while? <sighs> um, I sometimes get invited back to games, Legends games at Blackpool. I've been up there a few times, but it takes me a week to recover. So I try not to. Um, I didn't have a great injury record. I had 16 operations in 16 um, seasons. So medical history-wise is, is not great. So I, I try to steer away from it, but... You know, if there was a game come up, then I'm sure I would find a pair of boots somewhere and have a game. Team sport, work hard, play hard. 
Where do you see business going for all things management in the coming 12 months? We've been told that the economy is going to bounce. We've been told that the economy here in the UK is going to bounce faster than anywhere in mainland Europe. Do you see that coming with the inquiries that are coming into this building? People who want to tell the story of what they're doing in business, how business is getting back to, if not normal normality, then at least some kind of normality. Yeah, I think, like you say, going back at six months and you look around and some custom, uh, some businesses are going out of business. But I think, you know, with Ben and our team, we're growing very fast. Got another couple of things coming up. We've, we're going to need more people. And, you know, we seem to be growing in the right direction. And I think, you know, Ben gets the balance right. If we need more people in, then, you know, he's not afraid to get people in. So from that point of view, does anyone really enjoy the job? I think, you know, it does help if you do. And I think majority of people here really do. Premier League for all things business, Premier League for all things management. Tom, good to talk to you. Thank you, John. Cheers. That's Tommy Yashin from All Things Management. We're again at the end of this month's edition of All Things Business, the podcast. As always, thanks to my guests, Richard Adams of Sharpstone Consulting, Chris Wright from ACS Recruitment, and Tommy Yashin from All Things Management. Thanks for your company this month. Next month, I'll have a new set of guests with their own take on business and their own views of the economic future. And you might be surprised by who you hear. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. Don't forget that there are other editions of the podcast that you can now listen to via the All Things Business website. From everyone on All Things Business, the podcast, thanks for listening. <laughs>